been a while since we spent some time alone. And when we do, it's in situations like this. I wish I could see you. You could always see me. Why are you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? Uh-huh. Come on. You're imagining things. Am I? Then why are you following me? Afraid I was going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assumed it was a Wookiee. I can arrange that. You can use a good kiss. You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No. <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love has blinded you. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I meant. But it's probably true. I love you. I know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode... Three? I think it's three. I don't know how I'm already messing up the numbers, because there's only been three of these. But uh, anyway, I'm Ash. I'm going to be your host for this little adventure we're about to go on. And today, I am joined by what the internet has defined as the definitive Han and Leia shipper, <laughs> uh, Amanda. Hi. <laughs> True. It's, I own it. Hashtag on brand. So uh, I put a tweet out. Um, by the way, me, me and Amanda have had this plan for a while, but I, I initially wanted to have a couple more people on. It didn't end up working out that way. But I sent out a tweet. I was like, if there's any Han and Leia shippers who want to talk about Han and Leia with me on a podcast, please let me know. And literally everybody who responded to the tweet was like, you got to talk to Amanda, right? <laughs> it was it was very nice to have been universally nominated for this particular honor. Uh I'm very excited about this episode. I've mentioned it in the past couple of episodes uh, of Starships, but Han and Leia is my favorite pairing just in general, in fiction. I love them so much. Same, uh, same, same. Yeah, uh, same, same. They, they're just, uh, they're so great. So I want to open this up uh, like every episode here and talk about the characters individually. So can you kind of explain somewhat briefly why you love Han Solo? Um. I, I, I cannot promise brief. Um, so I, my first exposure to Star Wars was Return of the Jedi. Um, I was four years old. It was on the TV in my den, and it completely took me away from playing Barbies. Um, I did not, of course, know at the time at age four that I had a type, but it turns out handsome rogue, yeah, that's my thing. Um, and what I saw of Han Solo in that film as my first exposure to this character is... Yes, he is the handsome, dashing rogue, but he's also the guy who gets mad and goes to storm off and then realizes that's not the right thing to do and turns around and apologizes. Mm -hmm. He's also the guy who, when he's been separated from Leia and concerned about her and then not cooked by the Ewoks, runs up, grabs hold of her, twirls her around, gives her a kiss, goes to put her down, realize he has not had enough yet, picks her up and kisses her again. Cutest um, movie kiss ever, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the twirly kiss. It's the, the greatest. Kiss. Oh, it's the best. And and this is also the guy who who takes care of her when she's wounded. Um, and the caretaker, the comforter, that was not something you saw in an action hero in 1984. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea it was trope busting. I just knew I liked it. And yeah. then for the rest of my life, then sort of understanding the character arc that got him where he was in Return of the Jedi, I also appreciated personal growth in a handsome rogue, 
action hero, which still to this day is not always something a fiction plot is going to deliver on. Yeah, I think the thing that always kind of resonated with me about Han Solo is he was cool, but at the same time, he was allowed to mess up and he was allowed to be dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a big doofus sometimes. He is such a dork. Um, I did a... And- I did a video essay about like a year ago and it, it was the video was titled Han Solo is not cool. Got a lot of hate for that one, but uh, I was I think I'm right. And it was I essentially was kind of articulating why I think Han Solo is cool. And it's like that that whole like cocky smuggler act is pretty much just all bravado. It, he know? is he is trying very hard to be cool. He plays cool pretty well. He plays cool in such a way that people when they first encounter him, tend to buy it. Yes. But he's really the scoundrel with the heart of gold. He really is just a big softy and a big dork. <laughs> he's a big dork who loves his wife. That's the he's other thing. precious, like, yes. Oh, I, and and his besties. Like Yeah, like, it, uh, and I don't understand where this whole, like, Han Solo cocky ladies man came from. I can tell you. Where, it has where an, it has an origin story. Okay, um, I'm intrigued now. Well, in that is in modern fandom, in the current iteration of Star Wars fandom, that is people who jumped on the train uh, as the Disney acquisition happened. The new A New Hope novelization, The Princess, the Scoundrel, and the Farm Boy. We meet Han Solo in Chalman's Cantina being accosted by Jenny from Tatooine, with whom he has had relations and he has forgotten her name. Oh, great. I didn't so, read that. And I'm, it, I'm it's adorable. That I did. It's it? actually, okay. it's adorable. It, and in pretty much the same moment, uh, Han makes a joke about, yeah, Chewie, you're the married guy. I don't have to worry about that. And yeah, maybe one day if I meet a girl with hair as good as your wife's. <laughs> So, like, it's it's actually really like a super cute little book. Um, it's but it's written for YA audiences. Um, but yeah, so that that I think is at least the modern origin story of Han Solo, ladies' man, is uh, is that he he is has charmed this girl and then forgotten her name. And that's a very modern, or I no, I wouldn't say necessarily a modern thing, but it's very much like a Tony Stark, Peter Quill kind of action hero. You know where we kind of see them off, start see them start off as being like these ladies men who eventually fall in love with these wonder. I don't know if you watch Marvel movies or anything like that. I, I do, just, I do. Okay, all right. I'm glad. <laughs> There's sometimes when I'm talking to Star Wars fans and they're just like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> no, like fan- I'm I'm a I'm a full on nerd. I also do the Marvel thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of interesting to look at. It's a, it's a different type of, of archetype, I think, because to- like a guy like Tony Stark, for example, is a guy who starts off very clearly a womanizer, and they set that up very explicitly, and yeah. then he ends up falling in love with Pepper Potts. Um, Han's a little bit similar in that regard, but I, I never saw him as like a ladies' man. I always saw him as a guy who didn't know how to talk to women, based on that scene in The Empire Strikes Back, where he's like, well... <laughs> Bye, princess and she's like okay and he's like well i, I, I never oh. liked you anyway you know yeah no that that whole moment is so precious there was a fanfic that is no longer out there um that described that moment really well like he was he was just basically begging her to be like goodbye i'll miss you and when she does it he's like oh i'm gonna tune up and cry now and then he's like no wait i can't do that here <laughs> and then he gets all well bye you know yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I've always loved about Han Solo. And when when the chips are down and you start to see who he really is as a person, he really has no idea what he's doing and he's just kind of faking it until he makes it. And it's well, really and evident in like Empire when they're trying to escape. 
uh, on, yes. on the Falcon, and he's just, he's a smart guy, but at the same time, he's like, I have no idea how this is going to go down. I just have Would to it help if I got shot. out and pushed? It might. <laughs> it might. I really enjoy that as you, as you watch his arc from A New Hope through the end of Return of the Jedi and into the new expanded canon, um, and I think Solo is going to inform this quite a bit, too. We meet this guy who has decided he is not going to give one-tenth of a damn about anything outside of his ship and her usual crew, period. Mm-hmm. He gets dragged kicking and screaming into caring <laughs> by precious, precious Luke and feisty-spirited Leia. And I think, honestly, Chewbacca doesn't get the credit that he should for this. I am pretty sure that after they took off from Yavin, right before the assault on the Death Star, I'm pretty sure it was a Wookiee in the co-pilot seat going, really? Really? <laughs> Are you really? No, we're turning around. We're turning around. Um, <laughs> I've got a in, wife and kids, man. <laughs> well, in one of um, one of my favorite legends books um, is a book called Allegiance. And at the end of it, uh, there has been, of course, a grand adventure. And, and Luke Skywalker is actually locked in a closet during the scene, which only makes it better. Um, Han and Leia are having this conversation. And she's like, I know you're not ready to join a big cause. I know you're not ready to commit yourself to a revolution but could you commit yourself to just one person and he's just like what is she saying and leia says chewy wants to join us will you stay for chewy and of course how have i never read this book how never it's it's amazing go read it i'm gonna put it on Um, my list right now it's fantastic (laughs) but that's and and then they realize luke is locked in the closet and the moment is over but I don't think Chewbacca gets the credit that he should for being Han's conscience because Han really very badly wants to not care. Yeah. And Chewie spends a lot of time not letting him not care. Chewie's yeah. a really good friend. Chewie's so great. Chewie does the not get the credit that he deserves ever. <laughs> ever. People don't understand you. I love Chewie. I adore Chewie. And I feel like people don't, because he doesn't speak English, I don't think people understand his influence. Quite the way they should. He's just the best. So stepping stepping away from Han, can you uh, talk about why you like Princess Leia so much? And I'm not going to say I try to do it briefly because I know that I can't. <laughs> um, everything. Uh, so so again, I'm four years old. I look up at my television, and it's the speeder bike chase. And here is this girl out flying and out shooting these two guys in fancy uniforms, which clearly means they're professionals. (laughs) And she's kicking butt. And I sort of look at my mom who's there. I think she was ironing and was like, she's really great. And my mom says, that's princess Leia. Now, what do you say to a four-year-old girl to make her even more excited about a character than she already is? She's a princess. (laughs) So I am, I am in at this point, hook, line and sinker. And, and, you know, Barbie is forgotten in the trunk and I watch the rest of this film and not only is she a princess, but she is being courted by the handsome rogue. Um, She is the brother, uh, is the sister of the hero. And, and it turns out she might have magical powers. 
Like, it doesn't get any better than that for a four-year-old girl. I think, actually, we have very similar Star Wars, like, first viewing experiences. Because the first one that I really remember vividly is Return of the Jedi. I know that when I was three, I was plopped in front of a TV, and my dad was like, watch this thing, you're going to love it. And even my three-year-old brain was like, yeah, spaceships, loud noises, woo, um, laser right? swords. <laughs> and so, because, I, I, again, I, I binged before it was cool, um... HBO was showing all three of the Star Wars properties over and over and over again, because that's sort of how HBO functioned in the early 80s. Um, I finished watching Return of the Jedi, and the next thing that came on was what was called in the day Star Wars, which we now call A New Hope. And there's Princess Leia in a dress kicking butt. And that was exactly the kind of girl I was. I could climb a tree without scuffing my patent leather shoes. <laughs> and it was really amazing and continued to be as I grew up and became a tween and a teen and an adult to have this example of a character. I, I said this in an interview with the Looking for Leia team who was the and. You could wear a dress and shoot a gun. You could be feminine and be in charge. You could look pretty and save the day. We had great examples of each in media, but not a whole lot at that intersection. You had Ariel and you had Ripley. Yeah. And, and Leia was that place where girlfriend's wearing a long flowy dress that's got big sleeves and a hood. And she's still kicking tail. And then she gets right up in Vader's face and sasses the scariest fool in the galaxy. That's what always... For me, I was never super. I was always, always a tomboy. Always like, like, like getting dirty, climbing trees, star, like Star Wars, Hot Wheels, all that stuff. But what Leia kind of taught me was that I didn't have to choose. It was like what you were saying that I could wear a dress and still be a badass. That was just the, the whole, and that, that was like a pivotal moment when I was like ten. I think, because I hated wearing dresses because I was like, well, I can't do anything in a dress. And then I kind of had a, a moment where I was like, but Prin Princess Leia looks really pretty all of the time. You know, like she she wears like even even on Hoth, that like Hoth ensemble, the jumpsuit. Super cute. Oh, yeah. Like practical, but cute. Um, I have I have three separate Disney bounds of that outfit, including a very expensive coat from Columbia Outerwear. <laughs> I got the Han version. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's that was something. Leia never sacrifices her femininity at the sake of being a badass, and that's something no. that's just still to this day you don't see in a lot of action heroes. And and when female you, action heroes rather, when you move into the extended universe canon, whether or not you're talking about the old expanded universe legends or what we're getting now, she also doesn't sacrifice all of those other hallmarks of growing up as a woman she's a wife she's a mother for mm -hmm. f's sake like and she's still boss yeah. like you don't have to not have these sort of normal ordinary things that are associated with femininity in order to be the queen you can you can do it all and that's okay yeah she's just Gosh, Leia is still my, like, I constantly flip-flop between Leia and Mara Jade as my favorite character in Star Wars. But then, like, every time I talk about Leia, I'm like, yeah, well, it's it's probably Leia. <laughs> Leia, is, Leia is my favorite character in all of fiction. Literally in all of fiction. She's just so great. Um, so we've talked about Han. We've talked about Leia. Uh, 
and we've made it abundantly clear we are fans of the two of them together. So do you remember, like, when you started shipping Han and Leia? Well, I mean, literally that first moment, right? The twirly kiss. <laughs> the first time I saw them on, <laughs> on screen at the same time. Little tiny me is like, perfection. Um, yeah, it really, from, from, from the top, immediately. I think, I think for me it was um, I Love You, I Know was surreal. For and not the not the first one, the second one, the the reversal, the when Le- which when is ha- so precious. Yes, when Han says "I love you" and Leia says "I know," and I think well, it was it- the moment where I was like, "I love these two together. They need to be together forever and ever and ever." Okay. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yeah. I, oh man, I just I, and then I, I watched the movies and I realized even from like episode one, I really liked them together. He, like when he's messing with her. And he goes, yeah. and, he, and he's messing with Luke, and he's like, hey, what do you think, a princess and a guy like me? And Luke's like, no! No, no my favorite my favorite moment of A New Hope at this point is Luke's like, so what do you think of her? And Han's like, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm like, you are already smitten, Solo. But, but and here's a, here's a wonderful segue. Listen to me segue here. Part of what I love about them together is that they don't hook up right away. Yes! Um, as as a grown adult woman who has been in a successful marriage for a long time, I have been able to when because you asked the question in the show notes, I had to think about it. But to put my finger on why they're my favorite, other than they're sort of my favorite characters in fiction anyway. And it's because when you meet them in a new hope, neither one of them is emotionally in a place where they should be in a relationship. Um, Leia has effectively just lost everyone and everything she's ever cared about. And she is definitely at that point of refusing to connect because the way to stop that hurt from ever happening again is to stop from caring about things. Mm -hmm. And Han is, as I said earlier, has decided not to care about things for whatever reason. And I think Solo is probably going to inform us a little bit on where that came from, but he just is guarding his heart so fearfully in a new hope when we first meet him he just doesn't want to give a rat's tail and then if you if you, did you read the han solo comic i did yeah as you watched their progression for the 3 years in between a new hope and empire strikes back they they forged this bond of friendship and just the the amount of trust that Leia puts in him on that mission in the Han Solo comic is really telling. Um, so by the time something romantic has stirred enough to be acknowledged, they've spent three years healing and connecting and forging a friendship and learning to trust. Um, it is definitely a case of they are not a you complete me couple. You complete me, it turns out, is not really a healthy relationship dynamic. <laughs> it's not two halves make a whole. It's two whole people come together to make a relationship. Yeah. And they don't connect until they are whole enough to come together in a, in a healthy and meaningful way. And I think that might be part of the reason why I know a lot of people. So in the new canon and aftermath, you find out they get married at, at Endor. And I know a lot of people had a problem with that. One of my one of my good friends was like, I hate everything about this. But the more I think about it, the more I go like, well, they know each other very well at this point. And I could see them just kind of getting married. Like the empire has gone. He got out of Carbonite. He's alive. She's been looking for him for so long. She has him back. I can I can understand them going, let's just get married right now. Well, and 
if you look at the Shattered Empire comics, they're on Endor for a couple of weeks. It's not just like, and the next day. Yeah. But I, I really do feel like, and, and I will headcanon forever, that it was pretty much a case of, yeah, the Empire is has been dealt a huge blow here, but the war is not completely over. This may be the last time we have this many of the people that matter to us all together in the same place. That's an excellent point. What do you say? And yeah. and they've been so close and they've been friends and they've connected so much over three years. I think I think it does make sense. Hey, let's elope while we're here in Vegas when all of our friends are here too because they could all go out and die tomorrow. Like it's going to happen eventually anyway. Yeah. Know? So yeah. why not just pull the trigger today while all these people are around? And I almost prefer it to the Legends. <laughs> okay. On a lamb marriage. Mm. Mm. I, yeah. So I liked that Legends gave us what I like to refer to as sweetheart time. Those months and years when they were together but not yet married and exploring this new relationship. And by that I mean fanfic fodder because canon didn't deal with it at all until you got to courtship which was terrible um but that's the point then it it ended in this horrible just debacle of a novel which rogue podrin is doing a lovely job of reading through right now if you really want some comedy hijinks it's amazing if you are unaware of the monstrosity that is the courtship of princess leia don't read it just listen to rogue podrin um go listen to rogue podrin um, <laughs> yeah, don't don't read it. Um, because the whole book can be summed up in the sentence Han Solo done lost his damn mind. <laughs> so essentially, what happens? The Cliff Notes version. I'll try. To, I there's so many things that happen in this book. I'm gonna try to condense it the best that I can. Um, Leia and Han haven't seen each other for a while because he's been he's off been, fighting. Warlord. He's been deployed. He's yeah. been on a five month deployment, <laughs> and so Leia does the thing that a woman must do when her man is away, and that is like try to put that pain in a compartment so that it doesn't cripple her every day. And then, and then he comes home and yeah. There's, there is a, a prince from a planet that I still cannot pronounce. <laughs> and no one can agree on how to pronounce it, but that's okay. It's the Hapes Castorium. Uh, and uh, the queen offers up her son to marry Leia Han done lost his damn mind and um and let's not forget the sun shows up in a loincloth and a veil <laughs> over his pretty fabio looking face <laughs> and uh says marry my son han solo loses his mind kidnaps leia and at the end they get married he ki- i will he kidnaps say her with the with the the stipulation being if you don't fall in love with me in 10 days i'll give up and it's such a stark contrast from han uh uh, you love him. Once he comes back, I'll get out of the way solo yeah. in R- Return of the Jedi. To, now he I'm loses his damn mind. But there is one moment in that book that is beautiful. And I get choked up talking about it because I'm a dork. Um, if you read Solo Command, which is the book ahead of it, mm-hmm. Han has this real heart-to-heart with Wedge about the reason he left the Millennium Falcon with Leia. And how it's the thing he cares for the most in the galaxy. And she is the person he cares for the most in the galaxy. And he wanted to give her that surety of if anything terrible were to befall her flagship, that she would have that safety he left her. Well, then when it looks like he's going to lose her forever, he mortgages his ship to try to win a planet 
to give to her for the survivors of Alderaan so she doesn't need the wealth and planets that this prince is throwing at her feet. He's literally willing to risk losing the Millennium Falcon for her sake. Yeah. And that is beautiful. And that is the one good thing in that entire book. Everything else is a garbage fire. Um, yes. Except for the Luke stuff. But even then. <laughs> no, the, if, the few things that are not a garbage fire that came out of that have shown themselves in new canon. The Witches of Dathomir were a yes. great idea. Um, and, and, and everything else is a garbage fire. <laughs> um, if you listen to my other show, Skyhoppers, uh, you will know how much... It comes up probably like every other week how much I despise this book. Uh, but <laughs> moving on... I, I can recite large swaths of that book and I hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the first Legends book I read. The first one I read was Heir to the Empire. The second one I read was uh, Sh- uh, Shadows of the Empire. And then I read The Courtship of Princess Leia. It's amazing how I didn't get turned off from Star Wars. I think it was Heir to the Empire was the thing that kept me like, there, there's got to be good stuff, right? Right. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Zahn. You are our only hope. And then I read the X-Wing books, and I was like, yes, there's good stuff. This is amazing. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I love those. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. But but moving on from that, I think think the reason that I ship Han and Leia is kind of what you were saying. I think they don't complete each other, but they make each other's lives better. They bring out kind of the best qualities in each other. Like, Han's a little reckless and a scoundrel. And, you know, he even says it. He's like, you need... you need more scoundrels in your life. And they just kind of compliment each other in these really, really great ways. And they argue with each other and they can keep up with each other. Um, And it takes, it would take a a strong man to keep up with Leia Organa. And Han, for the most part, is just like, okay, whatever gets thrown at me, I know we can deal with it if we deal with it together. And that's a lot of what I think the new canon does is they're separated for a large swath of time. But even then, Han's like, look, I love you, but I, and I know we have stuff that's going on and that's different, and I've got to handle what I've got to do, and you've got to handle what you've got to do, but, you know, we're still together and we still love each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of, and even when you go back and read, you read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, right? I did, yes. Okay, because it's amazing. Um, it's so Even good. when you go back into Leia's past, The fact that she was raised as a princess, I feel like she has had her whole life people showing deference to her Mm -hmm. in a way that can probably get a little tiresome. And so here comes this mouthy, hotshot Corellian with a really nice rear end who, like, doesn't do that. Yeah, he He could not care less. Right? And and it, like, becomes a cute thing between them he makes fun of like, the 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 propriety or whatever the, he makes fun of the royal title yeah yes your highnessness yes, he, i don't think you know i don't think she's ever been challenged like that before and i think she probably finds that really intriguing as infuriating as it might get sometimes that like here is this person who isn't gonna kowtow to me i'm yeah. gonna have to win an argument with him fair and square like all right Hotshot, let's go. Yeah, he doesn't care that I'm a princess. He just he 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 cares about me because I'm a person. I think that's why she ends up falling in love with him. It's because he doesn't treat her like a princess. Yeah, and also it's it's interesting to note, and I say this as someone who has written just millions of words of fan fiction, um, that he didn't know her as a princess. So 
there is a level of expectation that I think she has to fight there in the early aftermath of Alderaan. I mean, you see it in the Princess Leia comic. You see it with the way Dodonna treats her, that she doesn't have to fight that with Han because he has no expectation of who she is or what she's going to be like. Mm -hmm. He didn't know her when she had a planet to rule over. So the fact that she's, you know, she's got two outfits to her name and three changes of underwear and not a royal closet full of the finest garments. Like she's not worried that he's pitying her for the changes she's undergone because he didn't know her before. He only knows the after Leia. He only knows who she is now and he meets her where she is and not where she used to be. Yeah, no, it's, and yeah, like I said, they just complement each other really well. I think that's exactly. I, I think he is exactly what Leia needs at that particular point in her yes, life. Yes, I think she she definitely needs somebody who's going to challenge her. And I think there's something as another person who I haven't written, but I've read thousands of words of fanfic. I kind of like this idea that Han is the kind of thing that gives her some sense of comfort after Alderaan because he's the only one not going. Oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry. You know, he probably he f- feels yeah. sorry, but. He's probably not like walking around on eggshells with her. So. Yeah, he because because the way he met her was her grabbing a gun out of Luke's hand, being like, "Somebody's got to save our skin." That is one of my favorite, just Star Wars moments. <laughs> Somebody's got to save our skins into the well, garbage shoot, fly boy. <laughs> into the garbage shoot. When you analyze that, when you think hard about that scene. Luke busts in and he's like, I'm here to rescue you. I think Leia probably presumed these were like rebellion commandos. They were sent specifically by high command to break her out of the Death Star. They've got a plan. They've got backup. They've got half a dozen ships. There's mayhem going on somewhere else to distract from their escape. She gets out into the hall and she finds out it's a farm boy and a criminal and a Wookiee and no plan at all. And she's like... Well, I guess I'm in charge now. Like, Somebody's I really think that at first, yeah, she would have presumed that this was an elite strike team. <laughs> and it turns out that is not at all who this was. Uh, I just, and speaking of, of favorite, favorite moments, what are some of your favorite Hanalan moments? Um, oh, I have a lot. Um, and some of them are in fan fiction. Um, I'll accept honestly, it. right now, I, I think right now my very favorite is, um, the post coital cuddling, even you can't save the galaxy before breakfast moment in bloodline. That is so um, great. Oh I just my think gosh. <laughs> it's just so precious. And they're laying there and it's very clear they're not wearing clothes and looking out their window and, They've been apart for a while, and as much as she's like, don't come home, I'm fine, don't come home, I'm fine, he knows her well enough to only put up with that to a point. Yeah. And then he ditches all his other obligations and is there with her, and it's just really precious. I love- And I think that's that's my current favorite. I love the, uh, I can't remember it verbatim, so I'll, I'll be paraphrasing, unfortunately, but I, it's kind of like she says, you know, he goes, you know, people, he, he, I think he says something to the effect that people are going to forget this. If you don't know Bloodline is, it, it, essentially, the thing that happens is people find out that Leia is Darth Vader's daughter. And the aftermath of all that, and Han sees her in the aftermath of it, and he's like, you know, people are going to forget about this, and they're going to move on. Uh, your close, your, your closest friends, and she's like, it's, it's, the galaxy at large is still going to care. And he's like, well, then screw the galaxy at large. 
And I'm like, that's Han Solo. Yeah. He's like, yes. who cares? And Most I think she definitely. even I think yeah. she even says something to the effect of like Han can always breaks things down to their most simple components. And how that's a problem. There's, there's, but uh, it, it's something that's really nice to have in her life. There's also a really just adorable moment um, in the beginning of that book where um, she's like sitting in the Senate trying to do her job, but like super having dirty thoughts about him and completely <laughs> distracted. <laughs> And I mean, these are people that have been married for 25 years at this point, and she is distracted by having dirty thoughts about her husband. And I love that. <laughs> Bloodline is great. There's Maybe no it's whole... just because I've been married for a long time, but it's it's fantastic. Bloodline has a lot of those moments that even when Han and Leia aren't specifically together, you still feel his presence throughout that entire book. You know, and... and, and yes. Th- oh, and... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I will... I will be very interested to uh, to have further conversations on this topic after, um, I don't know if you saw, there were some new books announced today. Um, I did. And one of them is Last Shot, which is a Han and Lando adventure. Um, Jen Heddle, who is wonderful and I love her, tweeted out that there is indeed some very married Han and Leia and Baby Ben <laughs> moments in this book. And I have a feeling I'm going to love them a lot. I did not see that. Now I'm very excited. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am I am like shaking with excitement for that because another really great moment is in um in Empire's End when Han is talking to the baby. Oh, it's so and cute. Leia walks in from the shower. Oh. Because it's just like, oh. And the the flashback to him with the baby that's in Bloodline is also anytime that Han is with the baby, it's cute, okay? <laughs> it's, it's cute. It's cute in legends, it's cute in current canon, it's just cute. But yeah, Dad Solo is a Dad Solo. <laughs> yes, yes, Dad Solo. I love it. I think one. So of- yeah, all of those. Oh, what was that? Nope, keep going. Oh, nope, sorry, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my favorite Hanalea moment is the most cliche one I can pick, but I feel like I can articulate why I like it so much. Um, I love you. I know the first one, and I think well, it. Sure. I think in that moment, there's it's not just him. I know a lot of people interpret it as him just being cocky and being like, yeah, no, I know you love me, sweetheart. Like, it's it's kind of like you, through the entirety of Empire Strikes Back, you know that Han has feelings for Leia. He's made that abundantly clear to her, but Leia hasn't necessarily reciprocated those feelings. Like, he kisses her and she runs away. And he tries to be sincere with her and in on Hoth and he totally rebuffs her. And when he's like, Hey, you didn't see us alone in the South passage. She kisses her brother, um, which we kind of like to forget about. But um, <laughs> so in that but moment, it's true. in that moment to me, it's, it's Leia like realizing she's never going to see him again and going, I love you. And he goes, I know I've known this entire time. I know that you love me. You didn't have to say it, but I'm glad you did. And if yes. we never see each other, if we never see each other again, at least we have this, this moment. Well, yeah, because when he says, I know what he's actually like, the the subtext of that is, please know that you were enough. Yeah. I can't die without being sure that you know you were enough. Mm -hmm. I know that you love me. You didn't have to say it. That's exactly I'm I'm right there with you on that. (laughs) There's so much more to it than his just being like, yeah, I know. Like that's it's it's that wasn't a superficial um, thing. It was the best thing he could have said to her. I think something like 
I, I, okay, I cannot remember this Harrison Ford quote, but when Harrison Ford, a lot of people think it was improvised on the spot. That's, that's not necessarily true. Harrison Ford talked to uh, Irvin Kershner about it extensively, as far as I know, from the research that I've seen and done. Um, and he says something to the effect, it's like, you know, when he says, I love you, it's, it's like him going, you know, I can't exactly, I'm going to try to look up this quote. Uh, do you have any other ha- uh, Han and Leia? Oh, where he's like, stick out to you? Yeah. Um, that I, I know what you're talking about, though, when he's like, and it's acceptable, and it's funny, because it's not about me, it's about her. There you go, um, that's the one. Okay, I, all right. I, I, yeah, you mean the one I know off the top of my head? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm glad I no, don't I do. Google that, moment that now. <laughs> um, well, and I wrote, I wrote a thing on my Tumblr a long time ago. People, um, people talk about the kiss in the maintenance bay, about how she's running away, and he's kissing her against her will, and that's not it at all. Um, if you watch that really closely... She is, she never says leave. She says, stop that. And he's like, why? And she's like, my hands are dirty. And he's like, oh, that's a lame excuse. I'm totally not going to stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not that, you know, if she doesn't say, I don't like you touching my hand, she gives a lame excuse. And when it comes down to the last moment, he puts his face right there. But her lips do the kissing. She's the one that actually takes the leap. Yes. And I think that's super important for people to pay attention to. He's not kissing her against her will. He is making his intention to kiss her very clear. And she could have kneed him in the groin or socked him in the jaw just then. And if you read the comics, you know she's super duper not afraid to do that. <laughs> um, but have, have she doesn't. Seen, she kisses him. Have you seen the deleted scene that's like the seconds after that happens where he kisses her and then he pulls oh, yeah. away and the, she goes, okay, hot shot. And then she kisses and him she again. And she goes, okay, hot shot and like attacks him. <laughs> I kind of And kisses him in a way that in. the Princess of Alderaan has no business knowing how to kiss a man. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I get why they cut it. The pacing is weird when you cut it back in. Yeah. But, um, oh, that's totally canon. That Yeah, it's the best. Oh, yeah. It's the best. I, I believe I have the video saved somewhere because it is just like she realizes she's like, all right. Cat's out of the bag now, so I'm going to get mine. Um. <laughs> they just have so many... I'm trying to think of specifically, like, uh, new canon or Legends moments as well. I think the, the way the relationship, for the most part, is portrayed in Legends is really solid. Um, it, new Jedi Order stuff, it gets a little wonky here and there. Uh, but I will take that well, any day... I... Oh, sorry, you, go you ahead. Gotta, you gotta look at this really carefully. Um... <laughs> People say that Han and Leia were treated better in Legends than in the new canon. And as far as I'm concerned, the jury is still out on that. I don't agree. Um, I, um, th- in Legends, they underwent a terrible tragedy. Split up. Han couldn't deal. He bailed for a while. He was gone for over a year. They found each other by accident. Acknowledged that they should get back together because they really should never have split up in the first place. It was a function of, of grief and anguish and okay, we're going to get back together. And then Leia almost died. Now we look at the new canon and there's a terrible tragedy and Han leaves. He can't deal. He runs off. He's gone for a year or more. They find each other by accident. They acknowledge that they should be back together because they really should never have split apart. It was a function of grief and anguish and, and not a good decision on either of their part. And then Han dies. Literally, if Leia had been killed in Balance Point, we would have had the same story beats. You're not wrong. Now, 
<laughs> yes, in Legends, we got more happy Han and Leia, but there was more of it. So let's let that jury stay out for the next 10, 15, 20 years and see what we get that happens in the interim when they're happy. Because in the new canon, when they're happy, they are legitimately happy. No one is shooting at them. They have a house and regular jobs and a child who like is at home and goes to school and does normal kid things like running around with his friends. Um, they, you know, as George Lucas said, Han Solo, you know, grilling burgers in the backyard. That's not a movie, but we don't have those happy moments injected in the new canon yet because there's still so much we don't know. There's still a whole film episode yet to come out that may fill in some of that backstory. So we're going to have think- to wait. To get the happy moments. But in Legends, they were together for 30 years. And in New Canon, they were together for 30 years. And only in one of them were they at war the entire time. Um, Yes, they had three kids, one of which became evil, one of which died tragically, and one of which lived heroically. And in the New Canon, they only have one kid, and they picked evil of the three possible (laughs) (laughs) solutions for solo children. They, They went with evil, which was, you know, not my first choice. But... I just don't know that new canon is as terrible as some people want to make it. I think maybe the problem, this is what I've seen with a lot of people, and I'm not going to speak as like this is the general consensus, this is just what I've kind of seen floating around. I think there's like this kind of notion in the new canon that Han and Leia were terrible parents. Ergo, that's Yeah, that's below. Ca- yeah, I don't buy it for a second. And look, like, if you want to go it's, on that... It's arc- nowhere. It's yeah. nowhere. You cannot find evidence in the text for this at all. Yeah, I mean, they had to send their kid away, but in Le- like, if you're gonna like put Legends on a pedestal and go, well, Legends is obviously better. Are we gonna talk about when they sent their kids to live with Winter? When Similar- they were babies, or when they, or when they had to do it again, or when their kids kept getting kidnapped and almost fed to Waru? Uh-huh. Um, are they? Are we gonna talk about? <laughs> there was also a Jedi Academy in that too, and they sent their those three kids off to the Jedi Academy, not just one. Like, I think. None of these things are things that I would prefer to happen, right? Like, I don't want Han and Leia to lose their kid, and I don't want their relationship to fall apart. But at the same time, it's like, let's not put Legends on the pedestal of, like, well, this is the definitive way to portray Han and Leia's relationship. Like, no, they went through so much pain (laughs) by the time that Legends was done. And it's like they had to deal with the Vong, they had to deal with Zinj, they had to deal with all of these people, and their son turned to the dark side, their son getting killed, Chewie getting killed, all of these things. And, like... I don't know. I'm not going to say I prefer new canon just because I think it's it's still very young for the most part. But it's Yeah, at, I'm at just the, not the same I, time, there are not. people who have written it off. There are people who are like I will never accept that as canon. I will never put my eyes on it and I'm just like give me more. I would I like, like to make a more informed decision. There are things I really enjoy. Han Solo racing pilot. Oh my god. Best. Sign me up. That's a that's such a fantastic idea. <laughs> All week long and twice on Sundays. I mean, give it to me. Um, in fact, it, it is no secret. I'm an author. I have a book coming out next month. Um, it is no secret that someday I want to write Star Wars. And that is that is the era I want to play in. I want Han Solo racing pilot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so into that. That kind of beautifully segues into my, my next question, which is if we could have more books, comics, games... TV shows, whatever, more Star Wars media about this pair, what would you like to see? Um, I would like 
Oh, let's see. Um, I would like a novel in the A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back era. Um, I, I have I've written two of them for fanfiction.net that are sadly no longer available. Um, but uh, I, I would like some more of that. I think the comics, although, are doing a really, really good job of giving us tidbits there. The the Forces of Destiny comic where Han and Hera and Leia were writing Tauntauns was <laughs> just... yes, so please. happy. Han I loved Hera, it a lot. Han and Hera interacting. Just brief sidebar. Han and ha- Hera interacting is my new favorite thing in life. <laughs> it is. You know what it is? It's giving me the um, the pilot buddies, smuggler buddies vibe that Han and Mara used to give me. Yes. That I always wanted more of. I'm like, Han and Mara should be besties. Why do we not have more of them? Han and Hera is, is feeding that for me now. Um, I love that. I, I always want more comic books. Uh, Storms of Crate was so adorable. Um, it was cute. So cute. I, and I did like I want, Storms of Crate, but the moments with Han and Leia, I was like, okay, yeah, you got me. I like yeah, that. I mean, that's when I say I like something, that is what I am talking about. The rest of it, you know, is, is window dressing. Um, <laughs> let's be real here. Um, I would really enjoy some books that fill in small adventures either have them having cameos in it like i said i i have a you talk about having a folder of things for when life is rough i have a pitch for a book that i have been poking at for probably two years now and will continue to poke at until i'm in the position to actually pitch it um that is han leia ben when he's school age a small galactic crisis that's fallout from the galactic civil war and wackiness ensues. Um, so I would like some of those stories of them at least interacting with each other happily and functionally. Almost as like a, a couple tatu- that might silence. Almost like a Tatooine ghost esque adventure, I think would be pretty cool. I really like Tatooine ghost. That would be. Um, I like some things about Tatooine ghost. I like some things about it. That's there fair. are some things that I were kind of grown worthy. Um, but but let's face it, Han Solo taking an IV out of his arm so he could get lucky is one of the most Han Solo <laughs> things to ever happen. <laughs> Why did you take the IV out of your arm? It's going to get in the way. <laughs> Fade to black. Oh. <laughs> right? That's, well, yeah. And then, no, and so then the next morning, if you recall correctly, like... Neither one of them is wearing anything, and there's someone at the door, and Leia's trying to push Han out of the bed, and he's like, wow, you're being aggressive. And she's like, there's somebody here. And he's like, why are you not wearing clothes? (laughs) Yeah, that book had some fabulous moments in it. (laughs) I think I would like, I think I'd almost like, you know, what you were saying, like something with Ben Solo, maybe when he's, maybe, I don't know, maybe when he's like a teenager, pre Kylo Ren days obviously and like they have to go they haven't seen each other in a very long time because of the Jedi uh, Academy and you can have like a little family adventure and you can kind of see how like Ben is misses them quite a bit and they miss Ben a lot and they have this adventure that you know where they get to kind of talk out some of their grievances about some things but at the end Ben still doesn't feel well, like, I- totally satisfied with what he's been given in terms of like the explanations or something like that. I think that'd be kind of cool just to see like an older Ben Solo and Han and Leia react or interact rather. Um, and 
And and what you got to do to make that happen to catalyze that is you got to throw the monkey rich named Greer Sunell into that mix. Yes. Right. At this point, Hans got Greer in his life, and Ben's like, "Wait, you've you've got this substitute kid here with you, who likes all the same things you like, and who makes jokes with you, and you completely understand when you never understood me because I'm into the Force and you don't understand the Force and Daddy issues out the wazoo." That would be. I love this idea. Head cannon now. Oh. Not that I spend like countless hours of every day <laughs> thinking about this or anything. <laughs> and I think I think some just post Return of the Jedi stuff in general would be pretty good. Um, I know we've gotten a little bit of it, but like just kind of seeing them having to interact with each other after the dust settles. And, you know, they've had the kid and the war is over and but Leia still has a crazy life. And maybe Han is like, well, you can like settle down now. And she's like, no, I can't do that. There's still the galaxy, you know, because I can kind of imagine Han being like, well, you can kind of chill, right? <laughs> War's over. But yeah, well. So if you I wrote an article on this a long time ago on Tashi Station, um, what you see in the aftermath trilogy is Leia telling Mon Mothma to shove it. Basically, she's like, I don't agree with your agenda. And. I'm done. Goodbye. And she walks away in that same time period. One of the interludes we visit is the Alderanian defense force and the diaspora, the survivors mention they don't have a representative in the galactic Senate right now. Fast That's forward 25 totally years to that. bloodline. And you know that Leia is serving as their Senator and probably has been for as long as they've had one. So a great book, something I would love to see happen is that story. How is it that Alderaan reaches out to Leia, who was their Senator before, who is their last surviving member of the Royal family and decides we want you to be our representative in the galactic Senate and how that comes to be, how she gets started in the new galactic Senate, what that means for Han, what that means for childcare, because let's face it, how many women have gone back to work after having a baby? And like, that's a real issue. Um, so Han gets started in his legitimate shipping business, which is something that we know happens in the early era after return of the Jedi. So sort of that, that watching the dust settle, watching, um, them get established as a young married couple with a child. Um, I, I laugh about it that, you know, Sinjir Rathvelis goes to work for Mon Mothma at the end of the aftermath trilogy. <laughs> Sorry guys, spoilers. Um, and then Leia goes to work in the galactic Senate. And, and I feel like that leaves Condor and Han to be like dads at the park. Um, <laughs> with oh, their I little kids it. playing on the, on the playground. Oh my God. I love it. So I, I would, I would love to see, See that reality of Han and Leia figuring out, you know, Han's going to start the shipping business um, and, and Leia's working in the Senate and, and we're going to leave Ben with, you know, 3PO for large swaths of the day. Um, or maybe Condor's going to babysit. I don't know. I, um, I can't. I you know, I think of... about their. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just I'm, I'm going to throw something else ridiculous in here. And that is I think of Leia's election night party and um, Amalyn Holdo meeting Yvonne Verlaine and the two of them hooking up because I will ship those two women until the end of time. That is such a and good you know idea. Leia would totally set that up. Leia would totally set that up. Oh, you know it. Oh, <laughs> I right? want to see Han. Right. I want to see, see Han interact with Amalyn Holdo just because I feel like they would butt heads just almost inherently. But. In like the best possible, but at the same time, ways. 
after Leia, and Leia, by the way, is the only canonically straight character in all of Star Wars. I want to bring that up. Everyone else has either proven themselves queer or stated no preference. Um, so anyone who's in a hetero relationship in Star Wars could conceivably be bi, except Leia, who has said she is straight. I could imagine Amelin looking at Han and being like, yeah, I mean, if, if you got to do humanoid males, you did okay there. <laughs> That was cute. I read a I read a fic that was like Le- Amelin giving Leia baby present to Ben, and like Han walks in, sees Amelin, and tries to immediately turn around and walk out of the house. And she's like, "Han, it's so good to see. You. Are you trying to run away from me?" And just I loved it. <laughs> I can't remember who wrote it. I feel bad now. That's that is probably pretty much what would happen. But I think they would be adorable together. Oh, yeah. And yes, I I will ship Amelin Holdo and Yvonne Verlaine. Until the end of time. I'm just... I'm and I, I think Leia would have plotted and schemed to get them in the same room together. And put I'm martinis just, in their hand. I'm getting this this image. You said uh, Condor and Han as dads at the park. I'm, I'm getting this image of like Del Mico, um, Condor, and Han just being like the stay-at-home dads club. <laughs> and Daddy like, daycare in Daddy the galaxy daycare. far, far away. Oh, I love it. <laughs> There's oh my so god, many... the comic book practically writes itself. It does. It really does. You're just full of great ideas today. <laughs> this is what I do all day long. I sit at home and think about this when I should be, you know, writing books. <laughs> oh, man. So do you have any closing closing thoughts about Han and Leia? Um, there is something that I have not brought up that I think I need to. Okay. Um, and that is that is about the Force Awakens. All right. So, a I predicted the pretty good line. Um, I wrote it down somewhere. I was like, it's going to be some sort of banter where he's going to be like, yeah, some of it was good, right? And she's going to say pretty good, and then that happened, and I was like, oh god, I'm a psychic, and I don't like that. Um, but a a when when she says pretty good, we all know that she's referring to their sex life. Um, just FYI, that's why Granted. he chuckles. Um, Granted. <clears throat> But seriously analyzing this scene in a way that very few people have bothered to do because I have a lot of time on my hands. She says, if you see our son, bring him home. Now, I don't know how you refer to things, but I don't say home in reference to a place that the other person I'm talking to doesn't live. So if I'm telling my estranged husband to bring our son back to me and I do not expect him to remain here, I would not say bring him home. I would say bring him back to me. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Han Solo accosts his child on Starkiller. It's it's epic and beautiful. And I cry when the music starts now. Um, And he says, come home. We miss you. Again, you do not refer to a place as home if it is not the place that you live. So anyone who is presuming that Han and Leia had not made some decision to stay together at the end of The Force Awakens had he come back safely is objectively wrong. I, I completely agree. I think, yeah. There, no, is, I, there is actual textual evidence of him referring to where Leia is as home. Come home. We miss you. He is talking about one place where they're all going to live. And he's talking about himself and his wife as a unit. So... Yeah, that that matter is settled. Yeah, I think it actually, if you look at it, if you look at it that way, it gives you a lot more closure about it. I feel because initially when I watched the Force Awakens, I was like, oh my gosh, they don't really 
close that thread. They have a hug and they, they move on. But thinking about it in that way, it actually <laughs> makes me feel a lot better about the, what happens. I'm still not over Han Solo's death. Um, I found out, I actually got spoiled for The Force have- Awakens. So I knew beforehand. And the second the music cue started and, the, and he was walking out onto the little, uh, pa- I don't know, what, what the heck? Bridge, not bridge. The, the gangway with no the gangway. with no handles. The gangway with 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 no handholds, no railings. Like, yeah, I was like, he's dead. Oh no, no, no! Don't kill Hans. I'm like, this is oh. where you're gonna do it, isn't it? Um, I got spoiled for the Force Awakens. So by got spoiled, I was digging for spoilers. I was begging for spoilers. I needed to know ahead of time, and I still didn't handle it well because I read the spoiler and didn't believe it. Because there is no way there is Han Solo in this movie. Yes, Harrison Ford thought Han Solo should die as like an act of of bravery to show how his character has come full circle. They are not going to do it in this movie. They're going to do it in the next movie. He is going to die in episode eight. He is not going to die in this film. They would never do that. I literally, my denial was so powerful. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in the movie theater and happen and my poor husband i made a sound that i'm I'm an actor professionally that is is what i do i i make sounds and expressions and emote and get paid and i could not replicate the sound i made for a million dollars and and like gasped and my poor husband like looked over and like patted me on the knee all of the germans in the movie theater with me because remember i was in berlin um all sort of looked at me because apparently it's not very german to scream (laughs) in the movies um, oh my many three three viewings later four viewings later I'm sitting with my husband after the movie and I'm like okay at the end when Kylo is dueling with Ray in the snow he's injured how does he get injured like I miss that my husband says Chewie shoots him and I'm like when <laughs> my husband sort of looks at me and nods his head and goes when you were sobbing into your handkerchief. <laughs> I literally missed the rest of that scene the first four times I watched the movie because I was like wailing. I did I, into my hanky. I will admit, I go to watch The Force Awakens. I, I had an interesting experience because my sister had never seen Star Wars before two days before The, the Force Awakens came out. She'd never seen a single Star Wars movie. Now she's like a super fan. She's watched uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, read all these books, watched all the movies multiple times. Like she loves it now. But uh, she she had never experienced Star Wars before. And then like before two days, it was two days before we went to go watch The Force Awakens. We go to watch The Force Awakens. I know what's happening because I got spoiled reading i was watching a stephen colbert video on youtube and i accidentally looked in the comments and it's like han solo gets killed by his son kylo ren i was like god damn it what ah that's the worst i wasn't it wasn't even a star wars video um (laughs) oh no that is the worst i mean i at least went looking for the spoiler (laughs) and and i i know it's coming and i start tearing up and my sister is just like, they're not going to kill him, right? They're not going to kill him, right? They're not going to kill him, right? And it's like I had given her a puppy two days before and then two days later ripped it out of her hands. So we're just <laughs> both this emotional wreck. And she's like, you didn't tell me they were going to kill Han Solo. <laughs> and both of us are crying and the couple sitting next to us are like, what is wrong with these two? 
Yeah, that that was the thing. Germans are a very stalwart people as a rule. And so I was literally the only one that was a complete and total wreck in the movie theater. Oh, man. And and they let you drink beer in the movie theaters in Germany. So I was also a slightly buzzed, complete and total wreck. (laughs) That's never a happy combination. No, it was Uh, not good. I, I was I was a very sad drunk at that point. But like I said, I went back and analyzed the scene and at the very least they were they were together at the end. And if you read the novelization, I don't know if you read the novelization. I did. If you read the novelization, that the last thought is the one he'd never again hold in his arms. That that uh, right that in the, the heart. That was the worst. I was like, well, I was I also completely had Right. Now I'm dead. Thanks. Thanks, mister. But I also completely had canon that, I mean, we see in the comics that they're still sort of in touch. Even there, like near the end in the Poe Dameron comics, you can tell that Han and Leia are not completely out of touch, which also echoes what it was like in Legends when he was gone. And I have this head canon that they had had the conversation that if he ever showed up on Dakar, it was because he was there to stay. Yeah. Yeah, that if he, he ever turned to... up to fight this war with her, he was there for good. Like he wasn't going to show up and leave again and show up and leave again. That he wasn't going to show up until he was ready to commit. And so when he left Takodana, he left Takodana with a choice. And it was yeah. either go home to your wife or go back to what you were doing. And he chose go home to his wife. And yeah, I will was... headcanon that forever. You can you could rip that headcanon from my cold dead hand because... I feel like when he showed up there, he was 100% all in. Yeah, I think the prodding from Maz is probably the, the final step. He's Because he didn't want her like hitting him with a stick or something. Uh, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I do love that scene where he's like, where Maz goes, Han, go home. And it's not like, Han, go fight the war. He immediately responds with, Leia doesn't want to see me. I'm like, she Leia is your home, see me. Han. Yeah. Uh, home is where your wife is. Also... I swear to you, and I'm going to have to go watch this movie again, this terrible, horrible, torturous movie, or maybe I'll just watch the first half. Um, When the X-Wings arrive and then Leia's transport is right behind them and Han looks up and says, it's the resistance. He might as well have said, my wife is on that ship. Like the sound of his voice, just the wonder at the fact that this is happening. And then then he pushes. He randomly found his ship. Yeah, he found his ship with her droid on it. Yeah. And now they come to some place that he thought was neutral and he thought maybe he could get out of this. And then she shows up and he takes off running yeah, toward he put, where she is. Finn is like, they took Ray, And he's like, yeah, whatever. And he pushes Finn aside and he walks directly to his wife. Yeah. And when you watch that scene, the tension, Harrison and Carrie played this so brilliantly. You can see both of them like starting to move forward. Like they really just want to grab hold of each other and neither one of them, just like for the three years they were bantering about before they managed to get together, neither neither one of them will be the one to take the first step right then. But yeah. both of them, you can see this tension of wanting to start forward. And it's like, no, guys, just do it. Just 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 do it. Just we we're here for this. Just run. Your I bought a heart. ticket to see this guy. Please. <laughs> I think- Please make this happen. I think as the year as the years go on, because it's been years at this point, which is crazy to think about. 
I, I'm more okay with what they did in The Force Awakens. I remember walking out of The Force Awakens and go, how dare they? Um, but as I, as I watch the movie, I get, I get more and more okay with it. It's still not what I would prefer, but as we mentioned earlier, I wouldn't prefer Legends either. I'd want Han Solo yeah, flipping I actually, space burgers for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. I, I yelled kind of loudly in that like wailing someone who witnessed a hanging voice, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it's very I hard. did. I absolutely. It's very hard to kind of articulate how much fictional characters mean to you. Like, I was talking on the last episode um, uh, w- about Aiden and Dell with Bria, um, and we were talking about how we cried during the opening of The Last Jedi because of Aiden Versio in Battlefront 2. And it's like a very hard thing to articulate to somebody that it's like, I'm crying over a thing that happened in a video game that you guys don't know and really won't have the time to play or really care about. But I'm just very emotional right now. It was my second viewing that it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the Dreadnought. That's, that's what, that's the, that's yeah. what they got. That's the whole point of Battlefront 2, the, the uh, DLC. And I just burst into tears and my friend is like, what is, the movie just started. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm crying over the expanded universe, okay? They're doing a really good job connecting all the new canon threads. No, I have definitely had those moments where you like your crying. Well, I don't know if you saw the like two line sneak preview snapshot that got posted of the Last Jedi novelization. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's Leia contemplating having been asked to say a few words in memory of her husband. I'm not, I'm not emotionally prepared for this. (laughs) I, well, I'm glad that I saw that. Like I, I had been told that it was going to be mentioned, but once I saw it, I think I private messaged Jason and was like, Oh my word. I promise not to be too terrible to you, but you're going to have to hear about this because you, you have hurt me deeply. (laughs) Just so you know, be warned, Jason. I'm gonna blow up your DMs when this book comes out. I'm not prepared for the Han Solo funeral. I'm just, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I am gonna read the Last Jedi novelization, so, but oh man, ah. <laughs> yeah, I would have read it no matter what because I wanted to read it because I liked the last, the Force Awakens novelization and because I adore Jason. I was gonna read it no matter what, but now I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna read it with a glass of scotch. Um. <laughs> When when the, uh, the visual guide pages leaked before The Last Jedi came out, I, I like spoilers. I like them. They're my favorite. Um, I tried to go into a movie unspoiled once. I tried with Rogue One. Uh, your mileage may vary, but it wasn't my favorite. So I loved Rogue One, but I would have loved it more if I had known what was coming. So Actually, I, I don't do that I anymore. Up, I go. I ended up getting spoiled for Rogue One. And it, I think it made my experience better in the end when you know what's happening. Yeah, I I prefer to know what's going to happen and then watch the movie for how it happens instead of letting my anxiety be up the whole movie. That's with, so, me, that's with me and Star Wars I, Rebels right now. I'm just like, tell me who's dying. Just just tell me who's dying <laughs> so I can sleep at night. Everybody but Hera. Yeah, Everybody probably. but Hera. Yeah, we know Hera survived. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this isn't a Rebels podcast. So I, right, but, but darn it. I went and looked at all the visual guide leaks because I like spoilers and they're my fave. And on the Leia page, 
when it showed that her hairstyle was the Alderanian morning braid. I I freaking lost it. And it almost I completely lost it. Sitting in my room looking at leaked oh no, I wasn't even in my room. I was in my car because <laughs> I got it on my phone. I was doing I was in a big holiday spectacular in December and I had been at the show and I got private messaged a link to these leaked pages and I looked at them and I saw that and I'm like in tears in the parking garage <laughs> in my car I have to drive home now but also I was glad that I got spoiled because because of the situation with Carrie because I had known her and adored her so much and losing her was so hard on me I would not have been okay watching The Last Jedi, watching the attack sequence, watching that whole plot unfold if I hadn't known that she was going to wake yeah. up from that coma. Yeah. If I hadn't known ahead of time, I would I would have not been okay. And my poor friends that were there watching the movie with me, it was William from Ion Cannon and like, it was a bunch of Star Wars people. And my poor husband. And all of them would not have been prepared <laughs> for me if that had happened. So it was see, it was better that I knew. It was better that I knew what was gonna happen. But like no one no one thought to spoil me on the fact that she like walked straight out of the hospital and put the smack down on Poe Dameron. Yeah, no, so I, I didn't know and I thought, this is it. This is how they're gonna do it. And then I, I just immediately started crying. I just get so emotional with these movies, and my friends have no idea how to respond to it. <laughs> um, but I, I just started crying, and then I had a second where I was like, wait, in the trailer it showed that she was on crate. She's okay. And I was fine for the rest of the movie. I was like, she's Night. gonna be okay. All right, all right. <laughs> but I forgot for a second. Yeah, that was too much. I was, yeah. Yeah. No, The Last Jedi was such an emotion. I saw it three times within 24 hours, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> just trying to absorb I did the same thing. Oh man. I, I saw it and then I my kid goes to preschool, so I dropped my husband left to take my kid to preschool and I left to go to the movie. <laughs> I saw a nine AM showing the day after I saw a six PM showing. Oh man. But yeah, I think that was bad. I think for the time being and Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I the so much was amazing in that film, but the the poetry of the fact that Emmeline died at Crate, which is where she was first introduced to the Rebel Alliance, like that one didn't catch me until the second time I saw the movie, and I was like, "Dang it, you guys, this is too much." <laughs> oh man, I'm already a wreck over the dice. <sighs> I don't want to talk about those dice because they're probably going to destroy me in Solo. <laughs> but well, so so at least. At least on repeated viewing, I was sure that Leia knew that Luke wasn't really there. And so she knew those weren't really the dice. And that is why she left them. Because if those had really been Han's actual physical dice, she would not have left them. They would have been put in her pocket. So she left them there on purpose because she knew they weren't real. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, the dice are still in the Falcon, I think. Or maybe Luke kept yeah. them. Yeah. Um, maybe Luke kept them. But I think they might be back on the Falcon, um, which then, you know, Leia and Chewie are going to have to have a really hard conversation about whose ship this is now. <laughs> I mean, it's hers, technically. I think... I mean, marital assets and all. I think Han Solo's... But I don't think she wants it. I think Han Solo's will is probably just like, give my ship to my wife, one sentence, signed and notarized, and that's it. <laughs> 
Um, right. Well, that's the thing. You're like marital assets. Are they just everything reverts to the surviving spouse? I think that's probably the same law everywhere. And yet <laughs> I think she might be like, Chewy, you can have it. <laughs> it's in worse shape now than it ever was. There's another. That's another piece of the puzzle that I want in a book or a comic book. I want to watch the Irving boys steal the Millennium Falcon and from Gannis Duquesne and I want to watch Gannis Duquesne having stole the Millennium Falcon from Han Solo and I want Unkar Plutt stealing it from the Irving boys like I want I want Millennium Falcon there was a version of it in Legends that gave us the history of the ship um, that's what I want I want to watch it change hands I want to watch people steal the Falcon from each other that would be great um, so yeah, I think for the time being, I'm never going to say I'm fully done with my Han and Leia thoughts, because uh, they are an ever-consuming vortex <laughs> that takes over my life, and has done so since I was a kid. Uh, but I think for now, I'm out of, uh, I'm out of things to talk about. Um, so where can the lovely people find you on the internet, should they want to uh, find out about more of the stuff that you do? Oh, I am easily findable on Twitter at Manda the Ginger is uh, probably the most prolific place. I spill thoughts about Han and Leia and Star Wars and books and writing and parenting. And I'm hilarious on Twitter. You should definitely follow me. I mean, I can um, attest to that. Other than that, my <laughs> my author website, www.thegingervillain.com. My debut novel, Rights and Desires, uh, comes out March the 20th in the U.S. and worldwide, which is also very exciting. Um, and I am a contributing writer at Tashi-Station.net, where you can sometimes find my coverage of conventions and other geeky events, as well as long-form articles on things like what we've talked about today. I, I just realized we had two Tashi Station folks back-to-back on this show. <laughs> my bias we're, is we're showing, a, is it? <laughs> we're a, a clever and chatty bunch over there. So. The, uh, and Tossie Station is great. They have lots of great shows, articles, just a great place for Star Wars things. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at AirSatsAsh, and you can find the lovely network that makes this show possible at Clashing Sabers on Twitter or at ClashingSabers.net. And if you have anybody who you would like to come on the show and talk about whatever Star Wars pairing, I would love to have them on. So just shoot me a tweet. I want to talk about all of the Star Wars pairings all of the time, even if I don't like them. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge about a certain ship that's coming up on the show that rhymes with Malo that we'll no. be talking about. actually <laughs> an episode on that. <laughs> yep. I'm going to mount a counter protest. <laughs> I don't ship Malo, but I, I wanted to have a discussion. <laughs> the discussion is no. The whole discussion is just a bunch of people going No. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Nope and right out of there. Nope drain to Nopesville. <laughs> and yeah, again, thank you, Amanda, for coming on the show. This was so much fun. And thank you guys for listening. And may the force be with you.